0: Welcome to the Zigler show. This is episode 435. Today I bring you eight minutes of Zig Ziggler on stage, delivering a message on self image and honing in on what comes out of our mouths. This show will open your eyes and ears to what has possibly become normal to you and is for all of us to a degree. And it may be handicapping our success if not sabotaging it. The good news, we can correct it quickly. So here we go. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely.
1: take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours.
0: Well, hello, Ziggler Inspiration Nation. It kind of flows, doesn't it? I'm your honored host, Kevin Miller, and today I bring you Zig, a message from him that I actually had not heard before. And uh, then we break it down to where we take some of the high points from the message. And, and as usual, we get into the nitty gritty before we dive in. I have just got a quick request. If you have gotten value from this show, from Zig Ziglar, please leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher. Let people know what they can expect from the show and why they might listen to it, what value you've gotten. Again, it just takes a moment, but it really helps others find us. And, uh, and, and, please continue to let others know about us, share the show with a friend, share it on Facebook, Twitter, shoot an email to someone, you know, who would be inspired by the show, who, who, you know, who really needs it. And yes, that benefits us, uh, as of this recording, you're sharing, there's been a lot, apparently a lot of sharing, a lot of new subscribers, so many that it has put us absolutely at the top of the iTunes rankings, literally above folks like Dave Ramsey and Tim Ferriss. I don't know how long it will last, uh, but to be ahead of guys like those and even NPR is, is a big deal. It's an incredible testimony that Zig Ziglar, uh, such an icon, has a message that is ranking him ahead of guys who are in their prime, uh, even as Zig passed away two over two years ago. Uh, that's what he wants for us, for you and me, though, is to leave a powerful, long-lasting Legacy And, yes, yeah, I'm looking right now at iTunes. We are the 10th ranked podcast of all podcasts. Uh, that's just powerful. Thank you guys for sharing and for causing so many new subscribers to come on and bring this show to the very top. So, hey, let's get with it. I'm going to give you Zig. Here we go.
1: Step number 13 for building a healthy self-image. Well, you need to join the Smile, Firm Handshake, and Compliment Club. That's When you smile at people, you get a smile back. That makes you feel good. When you have a firm handshake, that makes a favorable uh, impression. When you give them compliments, that does the same thing. You need to live a moral, ethical life. Why? Because guilt is the greatest image destroyer known to man. When you've got nothing to fear and you have nothing to hide, ladies and gentlemen, you can do more with your life you'll like you better as a result of it. Number 15, you need to take short, easy steps. For example, when you learn one new word a day, some amazing things can happen in your life. One new word a day will make some dramatic changes. Bruce Barton put it this way, for good or ill, your conversation is your advertisement. Every time you open your mouth, you let men look into your mind. Do they see it well-clothed, neat, and business-like? That's a good question to ask. Take short, easy steps. For example, you wouldn't move a child from uh, teaching them how to prepare Georgia ice cream all the way to baked Alaska. Now, for the uninitiated and the underprivileged, Georgia ice cream is grits, If grids ain't grocers, folks, I don't really know what is. But what I'm really saying is you don't move them from the very simple to the very complicated in one easy step. You don't go from the multiplication table to advanced calculus. You take those short, easy steps. I'll talk about this in the gold seminar. But in 10 months' time, I lost 37 pounds by losing 1 and 9 tenths ounces a day. Everybody can do that. I wrote, See You at the Top, eighth best-selling hardback of the last decade, according to People Magazine. I wrote it in 10 months, 384 pages, by writing one and one-fourth pages a day, on average, for 10 months. You build winning relationships. You build that self-image. You build your confidence one step at a time. You become a professional salesperson, a better accountant, a better physician, a more effective parent, teacher, or whatever by taking those one step at a time. Number 16, finish the job whether it's cutting the grass or reading the book. Go ahead and finish it. You feel good about yourself when you put it down and say, that's good, I got lots out of it. As versus, well, I started reading it, but you know, I got busy. You know the rest of that story. You need to be a quitter. Now, what did I mean be a quitter? Quit smoking. Quit drinking. Quit being late. Quit things that are destructive. I talked to my son in law, Richard Oates, a couple of days ago. He's been fighting the smoking habit now for many, many years. He just entered his fifth week as a non smoker. And he said, Zach, I cannot begin to tell you how much better I feel about myself. When you win a victory, you do feel better about yourself. Number 18, you make a victory list. My friend Joe Batten. Uh, who wrote Tough-Minded Management says that you need to accumulate a list of 200 victories you've earned in your life. Now you might say, well, I've never won 200. I challenge you, go back to your childhood and start listing them. Then when things are not going well, get that list out and say, hey, I won this one, I won this one, I won this one, I won this one. Hey, I'm on a roll. I can win this one too. It's amazing what it will do to you. Learn, number 19, a new skill or a hobby. People who've gone back to college always thrill me because of what it does for them. They're on a growth mode. Learn to use the computer. Learn to play chess or bridge Learn a new hobby or something that will make a difference. Don't ever confuse education with training or experience with intelligence. That's step number 20. It's okay to admire a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, but without training, they couldn't handle your job. I read in Reader's Digest one of the most intriguing little goodies. My son Paul, a lieutenant, is an aviation instructor at Naval Air Station, North Island, San Diego. At Paul's annual phys- physical, the doctor was studying his chart and noticed his birth date. What a coincidence, he said. I was born the same day. Paul thought to himself, here's a guy the same age as me, and he's already a doctor. The physician continued, reading my son's chart, and then exclaimed, wow! Wow! That's fantastic. You're only 28, and you're teaching guys how to fly. Isn't it interesting? What we admire in other people seems to be what they admire in us. Don't put yourself down when you build somebody else up. No, without the training, they could not be that professional. No, without training, they could not do what you are doing. Number 21 to build a healthy self image, get in shape. Now, when I say get in shape, I mean get in shape physically. When I lost the 37 pounds, I cannot begin to tell you what it did for me. It was absolutely dramatic, it made me feel better. There might be occasions when you need to alter your physical appearance. Simple example. When my daughter Julie was 17 years old, we were sitting around talking one day and she said something about her ears. And I said, well, what about your ears? She said, daddy, haven't you ever noticed that I always have my ears covered? I said, No, I really had. Now, isn't that something? She had been my daughter 17 years. I'd never noticed. I just always thought, Now, here is really a neat kid. She is so pretty. She said, Well, Dad, my ears stick out. And I've always had a problem with them. I said, Well, why do not you tell me, sinner? She said, I didn't know you'd uh, do anything about it. I said, well, Julie, that's a fairly simple uh, solution to that problem. We went to see a plastic surgeon. It was a relatively simple problem. He just tucked them back. And I'm here to tell you, when you see my daughter Julie today, you'll see her ears. Her hair is always thick. And what it did for her self-image is absolutely remarkable. Now, I don't think you can solve Every self image problem surgically, but it is one of the things that can be done, ladies and gentlemen, if the need is there and it can make a difference.
0: All right, well, Zig starts off there talking about the smile, firm handshake, and compliment club. And as so often, folks, it made me think of my kids or just kids in general. Uh, that people are not taught that. Kids are not, and most adults walking around today were never taught these basic things. And that's the benefit that we not only get to hear this today and apply it to our lives for great benefit, but we get to pass it on, whether it's to our kids, to a friend, to a spouse, whatever. I, I mean, he says, smile at people and they smile back, which goes to you reap what you sow. Uh, we had a show, a ZigClip show. Ah, it's been a while now, but it was basically you get you get back what you put out. And I, I must admit, this is an acute reality to me, folks. I I do endeavor to give a smile and upbeat hello, especially to those with a, a lower place on the societal totem pole who often don't get that. But it seems more and more there's little or less reaction than there used to be uh, that people, I mean, they won't hardly acknowledge it. And it's no wonder that they do have a place uh, that is not um, not very attractive. I mean, not to throw stones. I mean, they probably got where they are because of other unhealthy people in their lives that they're victims to a great degree degree. But just the reality that they are reaping what they sow that they don't understand is that they would make the effort to force that smile, to give a handshake, to give a compliment that it does amazing things for them. It's life changing, small, but life changing. Because meanwhile, those who can muster up a nice smile, a firm handshake, and a compliment find themselves—I mean, I see it. I see it with uh, my own employees, people who I give opportunities with. It gives them job security, it gives them advancement, it gives them opportunity, or at the least, just nicer responses from others. I, I had the difficult challenge of working fairly closely with some employees of a business that we we revamped the business. And we tried to hold on to the employees and bring them up. Uh, to, to raise them up and help them turn around as well. But ultimately, their, their own negativity proved to sink them. I'll talk more on that in just a minute. But Zig says next, he says, you need to live a moral and ethical life. When you have nothing to fear and nothing to hide, you have no guilt. Guilt erodes your confidence and your effectiveness. And boy, I, I think we see this more and more. And again, in our culture where people are not... Uh, the, they don't, they don't trust themselves to a degree. They're not okay. And at peace with themselves and it does cause guilt. And I think that's what causes people to hide and to stay on the fringes, to not seek intimacy and, and, and deep, deep friendships. And to going back to that, they're, they're the ones that they don't have a smile to give. They don't have a handshake to offer. They don't have encouraging words, but that's not you and me. That's why we're here. Right. Well, Zig shoots off next. He says, you need to take short, easy steps. Now I pulled that out. It's almost a little out of context of what we're really getting into here. But listen again, if you have not, or if actually, if you have, go listen to it again to Ziggler's show episode 432, just a few shows ago where Aaron McHugh talks about becoming a pro in eight minutes per day. That's what we're talking about here. Taking short, easy steps. Well, hey, Zig next delivers a doozy in my opinion, and I'm going to dig into this one. Your conversation, he says, is your advertisement. Have you ever thought about that? I had not thought about it. and I mean, it makes sense to me, but really your conversation, what you speak, what you talk about is your personal advertisement in regards to who you are, your character, what matters to you, your values, your beliefs. Every time you open your mouth, Zig goes on to say, you let people look into your mind. Do they see it well-clothed, neat, and businesslike? I I often play a game with myself, folks, where I think, gosh, if there was a videotape on me right now in my home, in my bedroom, in my place of work, in my office alone, as I'm uh, traveling alone, whatever, if I had a videotape on me, would I be proud of what people saw? In a sense, Zig's talking a little bit in this reference. He's saying when we open our mouths, people get to look inside of our minds. What do they see? This is huge, folks. It's, it's easy to, I think, under, to conceptualize a little bit, yet so profound and not often really understood and taken at face value for what it really is. Trying to listen. Uh, if you do this, try to listen. Take this idea right now, okay, this concept. Try to listen. Really listen to people and just listen and recognize their tone, their spirit. And, and of course, the topics they're talking about, is it positive and uplifting? Or is it negative and downgrading? Is it hopeful or critical, expecting good or bad? I mean, it tells who they are. So uh, here, here's an analogy. I'm, I'm a little bit of a Facebook stalker, okay, admittedly. When I want to check up on an employee, a vendor, a possible interviewee, somebody who's trying to connect with me, uh, I'll look them up on Facebook. And most of the time you can find them there. And in a glance, I can get a feel for their character, what matters to them. Are they posting negativity or just sarcasm or crude remarks or, uh, you know, snarkiness or are they using poor judgment in what they post to the public? Well, even more with what people actually say and speak in your presence. I mean, go into your work tomorrow and listen to your whatever it is, coworkers, managers, bosses, employees, customers, patients. I mean, does their conversation draw you to them? Does it cause you to trust them? and want to be with them. There may be people you're friends with and you, you talk with, but if I step back and say, do you trust them? Do you trust that they would have your benefit at heart, that they would come through for you in a pinch? Would you leave your children with them? Would they be a good influence to your children or others in your lives? Is it, do they, are they, do they attract you or are you really kind of eager to be out of their presence? How do they make you feel uplifted, critical, I mean, the dangerous and daunting reality may be how we don't really even realize it. It's just the norm. It's just humanity, and it's what we're used to. But, man, it affects us, which brings us to the next point, listening to ourselves. Wow. I mean, what do we talk about? Or sometimes more acutely, how do we respond to others? Folks, this is one that, I mean, I, I host the Ziegler Show I get to have tens and tens of thousands of people per month listening to me, so this is high in my mind, and I catch myself. It doesn't mean I'm immune to it. I have not arrived. Maybe I'm a little better. Hopefully, at catching myself, and uh, I I have to admit I sometimes, I often, actually I think I'm better, but I have a habit a habit of responding to people with self-deprecation. So I looked up the, the definition: self-deprecation. It's the act of reprimanding oneself by belittling, undervaluing, or disparaging oneself or being excessively modest. It can be used in humor and tension release. Well, I think some degree I do that tension release. Sometimes I, I, I'm in a hurry to get to places. I don't really want to chit chat, but I'll just, I'll say something along the way. And it's is it a false modesty or just a way to deal with people in conversation? I don't know. But when I step back and look at what I just said, it was not positive. It wasn't uplifting. It wasn't, it didn't, it didn't encourage somebody's day. Why did I say that? It's just a habit. Is it really, I mean, you can get deep and say, gosh, what's at the root of my soul? That's worthwhile, but it's also just a habit that I can stop and I can come into how, how's how's your day? How are you doing? Oh gosh, you know what? I'm, I'm so grateful for this day. It's beautiful outside. Uh, my work is great. I'm just, gosh, overall, I'm doing well. How are you really? I mean, that's uplifting. That's connecting. I think most people want respect. They want to be respected. I think all of us desire for that. We want to have meaning and purpose in other people's lives and be worth listening to, caring about, not for authority or even ego, but just for value. We are human uh, and we want to be worthy of our own humanity. But some people, uh, they don't speak and act in a way that garners that. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. So not long ago, back to my original story of a a business that we uh, massively revamped. I came in and we started a big revision and, and had an employee she did not garner respect from the customers. She she was really she she knew her job well. She had a lot of experience. She had a good heart. She meant well. She was being paid sixteen bucks per hour, which for the role that she she was in was actually uh, pretty good. And you know she um, okay. I'm sorry. This may bother some of you um because but it's just the honest truth she was uh, pretty obese she was significantly obese had a lot of tattoos often had her hair in a different color and i am all for you know be who you want to be okay but like my dad said and i think this was when my brother first started getting tattoos he said you know what hey that's okay i love you the same i respect you i know who you are it's going to cause some people to think certain things about you that may or may not be true okay and I, you know, I understand how we should not judge people by their appearance. We should look deeper, but at face value, we do, we do that. We, we are human and we do judge a book by its cover. I think I want to think, I uh, have to think even more so today. We are so barraged with things, stuff, information offers that we're even quicker. And if it's a moment's hesitation, a moment's ah, concern, we'll just pass and go to the other. What with this girl, people did they they judged her and she did not get much respect and it made her job harder and further she usually you know she, she often responded kind of back to what i did hey how are you day oh i'm i'm making it you know could be worse and sweet smile but and and, and she meant well but again she the complaining and her appearance did not garner respect From the customers. And so she ended up at the brunt end sometimes of irrational customers or frustrated customers who vented to her who wouldn't to me. Um, And it got us to the point, though, of my partner and I, we wanted to respect her. We did have some respect for her. And we thought, man, we must have some difficult customers. And she would come into the office multiple our offices multiple times a day with how hard the work is, how much she was working to overcome and hold things together. Well, I'll fast forward to today. We have a different person in that position, making actually a little less because she, she started not long ago. She's bright eyed. She's positive. She's grateful for life. Uh, she didn't have as much uh, full out understanding and experiences as other girl, but we, we could teach that. We did teach that. She's today. Uh, it's, it's only uh, gosh, four months or so. I, I don't hear about difficult customers. If she does, she just remarks about, gosh, so-and-so must be having a hard time. They're really struggling. We need to do what we can to lift them up. And she says the job is an absolute joy. Well, that's a big difference. And sh- talk about the trust. A matter of fact, I, when I was crafting this show right now, I emailed my partner and said, okay, it's about time this lady gets a raise. She is priceless to our company. What huge value. And it's just a difference of spirit and attitude. It's not a competency level in and of the job itself, except though with what she is doing, she is making us money. We get more referrals. We get more retention of our, of our, uh, of our clients and customers because of her. So, you know, on this, I mean, take this idea further, folks, and just to eavesdrop. Start being aware of people's conversation. Listen into what folks say, whether it's at a restaurant, at other tables, or, yeah, you know, coworkers where you're at. I mean, at the lower ranked employee table, you'll hear more negativity. You'll hear crude m- remarks. You'll hear snide laughter. You'll hear them talking about people. Again, I'm not bashing this. This is just reality. I'm sure that they have, you know, hard circumstances they've come from, so we're not blaming them at all but then listen to the talk at the manager's table the boss's table and as soon as i say that i think oh, i'm sure a lot of you have bosses and managers who you think are flat out evil okay go with the analogy okay with the folks who are making more money who have more opportunity you're going to hear different conversations by far and large they're going to be talking about ideas and opportunities and possibilities expectations That is just the truth. So you can change. That's so much of Zig's message. You can change which table you're at, which income level you're at by changing what you talk about, what you think about, obviously, but you can even change what you talk about before you change what you think about. And it will help transition that messaging inside your head. Like my wife often says, Hey, fake it till you make it speak the positive, speak the possibility, speak good, pay attention to what you're saying. So for all of us, wherever we are in life, whatever our circumstance, we get to choose what people will see as they look into our minds as we speak. I got another point of Ziggs to dig into, though I want to take a moment to thank Salesforce for their support of today's Ziggler show. If you do marketing in your business, hopefully you realize that mass emails or general ad campaigns are not so effective anymore. Salesforce is here to help. You can create a new path with your marketing and deliver the unique brand experiences your customers want. With Salesforce, marketers open doors between business units by sharing data to collaborate across marketing, sales, service, and commerce. Be smarter and more predictive with your marketing by making recommendations using collaborative data and solve concerns with service integration. Engage your customers on any device and channel in real time from social media to your connected products, gathering key insights into your customer and business relationships at every stage. Adjust campaigns as you go to drive leads in your pipeline. Do all this and more while collecting data from every interaction to build a complete view of every customer and manage your marketing strategy from your desk or your phone. Be a customer trailblazer. Discover one connected platform for one connected customer experience with Salesforce, the customer success platform. Learn more at salesforce.com slash Again, that's salesforce.com slash well, Zig goes on to talk more about building success one step at a time. And you know, ultimately, folks, he's talking about one of his favorite topics, daily habits, what we do each and every day. I mean, imagine not brushing your teeth for 30 days out of the month, then brushing all day long on the thirty-first. I mean, folks, your breath and appearance is gonna stink all month long and you're gonna suffer consequences from that. You'll drive people from your presence, greatly limit your opportunities. And after a short time, you're going to get cavities and ultimately lose your teeth at a young age. And nobody wants that. For dental and appearance health, you must must brush daily, right? Better to brush two minutes a day than uh, all day long, 24 hours straight for one day out of the month. Okay? Well, same in fitness. I mean, you can't be sedentary all week, then run a marathon on the weekend and hope to have a great benefit. You're probably going to get hurt. I and mean, you can't overcompensate for the week of doing nothing. It doesn't work that way. You're better off to run one mile every day of the week, totaling seven miles, than to run 10 miles one day per week. I mean, it is absolute fact. The benefit is 100 to 1. It's why we're seeing people, even people who exercise uh, to a daily degree, but then are sedentary, sit on their butts in their seats all day long and don't move that it's, there's a detriment to that. I mean, obviously benefit that they're exercising daily, but just being sedentary. I mean, we we have so many experts who are citing the results of if we just get up from our desk and stand up uh, once every hour or a couple times a day even, or a standing desk like what I use, um, you get the point. I mean, how many steps of success are we taking daily? So when he talks about those uh, just daily one step at a time, that's it. During our day, we have so many steps. We have a finite amount of steps that we can take, of energy that we have, of time that we have, and in that, can we find a small deposit for all these areas of success that we want? They add up to dramatic things. Well, Zig mentions loving people who are on a growth mode, that he loves people who he views are on a growth mode. And I thought, man, that, that's interesting. How many people do you know who you would say that person's on a growth mode? It's an interesting exercise. If I take, uh, and you could do this too, if we take 10 people that you see on a fairly regular basis, okay? People that you even, uh, you know, friends that you respect, but just 10 people and label them and say, who of them are on a growth mode that you know that they're a person who is striving to better themselves, striving to better their work, striving to improve their relationships, striving to really grow their family. I mean, how many people do you really know that are consistently seeking to become better or to build better things? I mean, it's exciting or inspiring when we see that, but then thinks again with the people, you know, how, how many of them are talking ideas and building and, uh, progressing verse, how many are just maintaining, keeping the status quo, coasting. Which uh, coasting sounds like a bad word, but I think a lot of people who are doing the responsible, and I do that in quotes, the responsible American thing, they're making sure their butt's covered and they're just moving along and life is kind of where it's going to be and they just keep going. And it sounds kind of bad to discount that because it doesn't mean that we're just applauding those who are valiantly striving, but who being in a growth mode, how can we not? be in a growth mode i mean from a biblical standpoint from a christian standpoint which we often come from and the zig show we're called to that constant growth accepted fully accepted today for who we are and not accepted anymore tomorrow by what we strive for or not it's not about acceptance it's not about salvation it's not about grace it's not about love but it is about a calling. And a calling to renew our minds every day. That's a scripture. It's a big one. It's a huge one. To renew my, if I renew my mind every day, just like if I exercise every day, I, I progress or I don't have the decline that others have that is now normal, right? Man, that this is, this is a big issue. Now, of course, we also know people who are, who are striving to survive and they are, they are going downhill. So I mean, to think about that and of course, then to think, okay, which one am I? I mean, though, as always, by proxy of being here, listening to The Zig Show right now, I know you are growth-minded, as am I, even if we're struggling. Okay? It doesn't mean that we're we're not struggling. It just means that we are striving to grow. We are striving to better ourselves. We are, we are striving to increase and, and expound upon our strengths and shore up our weaknesses. We keep fighting. We keep hoping and striving toward more things, believing and doing. Well, last point here, Zig talks about the story of the doctor and the pilot, right? The doctor or or the pilot who says, gosh, this guy at the similar age, he's a doctor and he puts himself at a lesser position. The doctor says, man, you're, you're a pilot teaching people to fly and how we see each other and how we don't see our own glory in a lot of ways, because what we do well is normal for us. And yet for somebody else, it's profound. And we see that with other people. I'm sure you've done that. I think that's what gets it, gives us all that propensity to go. Oh my gosh, you're amazing with that. And the other person goes, Oh no, self deprecating to a degree. But a lot of times, I think it's it's real. They're not they're not bashing themselves. They just really don't see the glory in that. That's just what they do well. Uh, what's obvious to us is is often extraordinary to other people. Which folks in show 434. That's what Jeff Goins talked about. If you haven't listened to that. Again, it's another must listen to. If you've listened to it once, you need to listen to it twice. I'm telling that to myself. I need to as well. Well, in this, again, the thing to ponder is ourselves. What do we do that we know we do it well? We have a competency in and realize that's an extraordinary thing to a lot of people. Don't minimize it. Give it away. Get in shape. All right. Well, folks, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for walking with me as we strive to pursue our best, and to inspire our true performance. I'll talk with you in the next Ziggler Show.